Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcats. Talking everything to make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the 110th episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and you're back for the Bad Batch, bitches. Wow, what a fucking good one. It's episode 8, titled Reunion, uh, written by Christian Taylor. I'm joined by Kyler Barnett. What's up, homie? Let's get it. Let's get it. What's up? Miles Buttress. Oh, you know. Ready to, ready, to, ready to talk about some Star Wars for oh, the like. Star Wars. You know, we're we're coming up on a year at some point soon, aren't we? Yeah, September, I believe, is when we started the Mandalorian rewatch. We started it before September, didn't we? Maybe it was August? Maybe it was August. I'll have to double check that. But, uh,. It's either August or September. I'll tell you that much. I know that for sure. But it's the Bad Batch bitches. Uh, sadly, we couldn't be jo- joined by Joseph George or Tillman McClooney tonight. They uh, they both they both had things. Uh, funnily enough, though, I'm I'm about to talk about the the writer of this, Christian Taylor. And uh, you know we've we've rode Dave Filoni's dick pretty hard. Uh, thus far, and arguably Joseph George and Tillman McClooney more than anybody. Uh, but I wanted to show some love to the writers of the st- the writers on the show, uh, more so than Dave Filoni, because Dave Filoni has been a supervising director and did create the Clone Wars characters and stuff, so he gets some credit. But he only wrote the pilot; he has not actually wrote an episode since. So I wanted to show some love to Christian Taylor, writer of this episode and the writer of episode four, where Fennec Shand hunts them down. He was also the writer of uh, the Jedi youngling arc and the Clone Wars, uh, where they got their, they went to Ilum and found their kyber crystals. Uh, he was the writer of the Mortis trilogy, which is regarded as the best arc of the Clone Wars, where Anakin meets the father and the son and the sister. Uh and he also wrote like half of season six, so he he's he's a well versed Star Wars writer here. Uh, the main writer though is Jennifer Corbett. It's really her her writing team. She was big on Resistance, uh, and uh, she also wrote some NCIS. She wrote episode seven, one, and two. We have uh, Amanda Rose Munoz who wrote episode six. Uh, she's been a scripts uh, script script supervisor for all of Star Wars animation, which is cool. Uh, and this is her only writing credit, Bad Batch Episode 6, which I thought was fascinating. We got Tamara Becker, Tamara Becker, who uh, wrote Episode 5 and was a part of Daredevil, Doom Patrol, Runaways, and Iron Fist. So well-versed in some uh, Marvel uh, properties and then uh, one DC with Doom Patrol. Uh, and then we got Christian Taylor, who also wrote on The Clone Wars, Lost, Teen Wolf, and Luke Cage. 
So another interesting fact that we've got, you know, writers from Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Iron Fist all on the Bad Batch writing team. Thought that was interesting. Then we got Matt Miknovitz, who is the main story editor for the Bad Batch, but he also wrote episode three. He's also responsible for multiple episodes of Star Wars Rebels uh, and the story for Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, that's uh, an interesting credit. I like that. Yeah, Matt Miknovitz, Jedi Fallen Order, Rebels, and then he wrote the arc on Umbara for the Clone Wars. That's the dark planet with General Krell, who kind of turns on the clones a little bit. And uh, and he wrote the original Bad Batch arc in Season 7. And then in Episode 2, we got an episode wrote by Gersimran Sandu, who also wrote for Game of Thrones. So we got a really well-versed writing squad here in the Bad Batch, and I just wanted to give them all shouts uh, because we have not we have not uh, done our due and proper for all the writers on this show. Uh, we've mainly rode Dave Filoni pretty hard, and he deserves plenty of credit. But there's credit due elsewhere as well. So I just wanted to wanted to show them a little love. You guys ready to jump into episode eight? Yeah, I'm really excited. I had a couple like really big, uh, couple big points I had that I really want to get out. That I really let's liked. do it. Let's do it. How'd you feel about the episode, Kyler? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, I feel like that's just par for the course at this point. It's just like Indeed. it's automatic. Like I turn it on and I'm just like ready to just enjoy it and like the episode. That's how confident I am at this point in it. One hundred percent. I love how like every episode, like the action feels really substantial. Like feels like it really matters. Like it's never just like just vague action. I feel like for the most part, it's actually like pretty important. Like it's plot relative. Um, True, which gives and it every... actually feels like the characters are in danger. Yeah, which well, yeah, right. And it really, and I think part of that has to do with just I think the music of this show. That's something that really stuck with me. This episode was the music was like man, this really episode, good. and it, and it had a lot of different music this episode too, especially with our little uh, pal at the end there. But uh, uh, that was a real western track there at the end, yeah. with Cad Bane. Yeah. So I that really like this episode. Um, you know. I thought that there was just enough, like, I just felt like the stakes were pretty high from the get-go, and then you see, like, we talked about Cad Bane, you see him at the end, and that just raises it even more, and then you see Hunter, uh, I mean, you're here to watch this episode, so, I mean, you know what happens, but, uh, you know what Hunter, happens. Hunter goes through some shit, and uh, I was, I was big, like, tries no, to big, here's the big, thing, big man. you can't compare this to Mando. Mando hasn't taken a shot to the fucking chest. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This man also, hasn't even nearly if, fucking died. Even if no, Mando has taken shots to the chest, but he's wearing it fucking bounce off him. Yeah, he's wearing that you know special armor that keeps him safe from shots to the chest. I there was a second there where I thought Hunter was just dead. So, like same. I was like, I was like, they're they're just gonna fucking kill him off like this. Happy Father's like, Day weekend. They're doing this like this. <laughs> I thought he was dead, and like honestly, I mean that would have been that would have added a different level to the show yeah. for me. On, yeah, honestly, by the like in between, like him, like it, like fading to black is like as she gets taken by a uh, by Cad Bane. Bane, and before like he wakes up, I had I had kind of accepted the fact, like man, they just they, he's dead, like they did it. Yeah, I was like, oh. Yeah, like, okay. man, this ups the fucking stakes. And then obviously they brought him back, and I was like, all right, I'm cool with it. 
Yeah, yeah obviously just, I'm cool with it. I'm always going to be cool with it. But like, uh, he's it's going to take a second to recover from a fucking blast to the chest. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rough. Uh, um, Miles, overall, how'd you feel about the episode? Liked it. Uh, kind of wanted to. Kyler had mentioned like the western theme, and especially that last like shootout scene. Mm. Um, really wanted to touch on that. I really like that we've like throughout this throughout the season we've gotten like bits and pieces of every single bit of Star Wars like action. So we've oh, gotten yeah. more of oh. the like more more of the like the Clone Wars like. Yeah, I was gonna say problem, I agree. I feel problem, like every solution move along the story type thing. Oh, I was going to say even deeper, like even on a deeper thread, like I feel like the kinds of action you see in like each distinct, like either trilogy or movie or show, like you see action that reminds you, you'll think of like, oh, hey, that takes me all the way back to like, you know, Empire Strikes Back or something. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what I was saying. It's like Mandalorian, it feels like. And then like you can see they're taking bits and inspiration. And it's just like this smorgasbord of just animated, like it feels Clone Wars in essence of like the top, like where we're at and like who it is, but like it literally represents every other piece of Star Wars content we've ever received. Like it's got everything you could want, and that's awesome. Yeah, and it yeah, that's it just good. feels so happy, even though bad shit has been happening. It feels so happy, like it's just so like uplifting to watch except yeah that's that's kind of what i was saying though is like doing then it feels kind of shitty but we're we're getting the we're getting the clone wars like missions we're getting the the mandalorian like shootouts and western vibes we're getting the i mean there it was only a little bit in the first episode but we're getting we got the jedi action there and you know. Well, and that's the thing is that they've stuck like we're getting the lingering elements of the prequels. We've gotten yeah. the whole droid army in an episode. Of, we, yeah, a we got the droids. Ago. We got a. Yeah. We got. I don't know if you guys noticed anything about the sound design in this episode, but those proton torpedoes and those fucking cannons. We saw those in Revenge of the Sith. Like, uh, uh, if you if you listen to the proton torpedo when Wrecker throws it at the guy and it hits the ground, it makes the same noise as when those torpedoes fire and yeah. the, the shells hit the ground and i thought that like little details like that or what make this so fucking great um we're getting the uh we're getting the the like the the original trilogy uh clone troopers being or not clone troopers stormtroopers being dog shit at everything they do um <laughs> naturally naturally yeah because i mean cad bane took out several Oh, I wasn't even ta- – I didn't even think about Cad Bane. I was mainly just thinking about Crosshair just being like, hey, do this, and then it just immediately everything gets fucked up. And he's the only one doing anything substantial to to stop, you know, the bad – like true. Clone and Force maybe, 99, and it's just them just fucking up. <laughs> maybe they're going to make a point to be like, this is why they needed clone troopers. Like the reason the stormtroopers you know suck – is because the Empire is cheap. I mean, honestly, it kind of is. Oh, it is. And I think that'd be like, I think that's exactly what they're kind of doing. They're kind of being like, you're not going to get as good quality soldiers. And that's the bottom line. Like, we are now canonically saying, like, we could always tell because we looked at them and, like, we saw them miss every shot. But now, like, it feels like they are canonically moving towards a point where they are going to acknowledge the fact that the troopers are just not good. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing of, like, well... 
as the Empire, we could spend, you know, X amount of money getting, getting a really good professional army that's going to do everything we want exactly how we want it, but it's going to be expensive. Or we can spend the same amount of money and get an army that's 20 times the size and it'll do everything at about 10% of the capacity. <laughs> and, and, you know, it works and for And they made the choice. Bit. And had they not made that choice, who knows? Who maybe, knows? Can maybe. you imagine? It would have been so much harder to defeat the Empire in the oh, original trilogy. The Empire wouldn't have gotten defeated probably if they still had clone troopers. And that's saying something. Like, that's some respect to the fucking clone troopers right there because, like, they're just so much I mean, better. They would Honestly, fuck, if they had just gone, like, gone the different way and just said, fuck clones, we're just going to make some droids, they'd still probably be better off than they are with the, with the stormtroopers. You're probably right. And that, you know what? That probably would have been even cheaper than what they did. <laughs> like, that's what I was thinking is, like, let's go with the cheap option. You can get even more. And honestly, I think I'd rather have an army of droids than an army of stormtroopers. Uh, yeah, I, think I don't right. know. I don't know. Dude, these droids. Yeah, well, the, like oh, the droids the were fucking stupid, but at least you had like the big droids that could do some shit. Okay. Stormtroopers, all you have is the stupid ones. <laughs> Essentially. Essentially. But, you know, let's, uh, we do see them. Go to try an avenue with some droids. At least post the fall of the Empire with Moff Gideon. They, he attempts to. Yeah, he I guess I was. I'm not gonna lie. You, you said that, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, season two. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, how about we jump into this episode eight reunion, written by Christian Taylor. Yeah, do it. Let do it. All right. So we open on Camino, where we see Crosshair making his way to inform the Prime Minister and Admiral Rampart that the uh, Bad Batch has, is on Bracca. So they're going to need uh, a lot of help down there. And the Prime Minister makes a bid for them to be captured alive, saying, you know, they, they're valuable assets and we could really use them. And Rampart's like, yeah, I don't have any fucking reason for treasonous clones. Get them. Just go fucking kill them. Uh, and after that, we cut to Wrecker teaching Omega how to disarm some explosives. Uh, he then tests her. He sets one to blow and tells her to disarm it, counting down from 10, refusing to help her. And it clicks all the way down, and ultimately Omega can't successfully do it, so they have to take cover. Uh, but there's no explosion, and Wrecker assures her he wouldn't test her with live rounds, which I liked, because it feels like a little bit, a little bit of a callback to the first episode. He's like, I wouldn't do that. You know, I've used live rounds have been used on me before. That's shitty. Uh, yeah, I don't know though. It's like you can't just like say you didn't have a like. There was at least a one in ten chance in my head that I thought Wrecker really did use a live round. Like there well, was a that one, one in, in ten like, chance does not come from does not come from Wrecker intentionally using a live round. No, it comes no, from Wrecker oh, no, accidentally using a live round. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I where you're just like, Wrecker's kind there, of an there idiot. Is, you can't count it out. Like, yeah. That's a fair point. I feel like if there is anything Wrecker knows, though, it's yeah, explosives. He, he, knows his, he knows his bombs. He knows his bombs. He likes blowing stuff up. That's no doubt. But I wanted to talk about this part in particular because Christian Taylor also wrote The Gathering which is the the uh, episode of the Clone Wars in which 
Uh, Ahsoka takes the Jedi younglings to see Yoda on Ilum, and they go and search for their crystals. And in that episode, Yoda tells them they have to make it out, or the uh, the wall will freeze, and they'll be stuck. He was lying, you know, like they could always they could always break out if they wanted to. And that 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 felt like a little bit of this vibe for me. Wrecker being like, "I'm testing you. You're this is gonna blow up." <laughs> Like, like it, it gets, it gets the child to train for what's in the moment, you know, not really, not really be counting on the fact that they will make it out of this alive. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds terrible, but yeah, no, I hear you. They got, they got to train them somehow. They're like, you can't let into a fucking war, you know? It's like when you would been be in basketball practice and you'd be shooting free throws and then all of a sudden your coach just comes over and starts screaming in your ear or like turns the volume on a million. He's like, fourth quarter, after he's made you run like 10 suicides, he's like, yeah. fourth quarter, down by two, you got to hit two free throws. What are you going to do? Are you going to crack under <laughs> pressure? And then yeah, he just, oh. I am. Yep, you're damn right. You're screaming in my ear from two fucking inches away. You think that's going to happen? Bro, I'm 12. Of course I'm giving in to the pressure. (laughs) He's like, I'm sitting here two inches away from my ear screaming in my ear. Are you going to crack? Yeah, yeah, because considering that would be a lane violation in a game. uh, I'm going to scream in your ear and make it sound like you're in the NBA right now. Are you going to crack under NBA levels of pressure? I'm sorry. Yeah, because like like four people watch our games and it's all our parents, dude. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Echo then approaches them. He says uh, they got to get back to the Jedi Cruiser, and he inquires how the test went. And Omega says she doesn't want to talk about it, but Wrecker reassures her, you know, she'll get better. He failed his first test, too. Uh, but we then see them make their way off, and we see some scrappers taking uh, cover, watching them with binoculars. And Echo and Wrecker see it. They see the little flash in the distance from the binoculars being reflecting the light in the distance and echo notes it they're like all right you know let's proceed casually for a moment and let's fuck so they throw on their helmets and they uh, <laughs> they make a break for it they uh, they knock out a couple of these guys with the stun feature on their blasters uh but you know the last guy jumps on his little speeder thing and makes his way off wrecker's like don't worry i've got it he jumps on it. He hangs on for dear fucking life. It's not going his way. Let's be real. But uh, Echo reports to Hunter that they've been spotted by scrappers. And uh, and Omega chimes in that Wrecker says he's on it. And this doesn't give Hunter or Tech a whole lot of faith at all. Uh, but we cut back to Wrecker, who is just hanging on for dear life, but is ultimately flung from this thing. And uh, we see Echo having taken up the high ground, fires on the pilot of the speeder with the stun feature, <laughs> which causes the ship to crash and this dude to fall off a cliff to certain death. Uh, this dude definitely died like in a real sad yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like in animated movies, I feel like you can do things like that. Cause you can make it seem really cartoony and it's just like way less bleak. They do that like, in the Mandalorian that. too. That's the advantage. Yeah. You but get. like Mandalorian, the advantage you get from using stormtroopers. They're expendable the shit. You yeah. can do. You can abuse I, the shit out of them because guess what? Go go look at a kid. Hey, you go look at a kid's Star Wars toys, right? Guarantee you which ones beat the fuck up the most. It ain't gonna be Obi Wan Kenobi. It ain't gonna be Darth Vader. That's gonna be the goddamn stormtrooper that the kids yeah. left outside. That the kids fucking thrown from fifty feet up in the air onto concrete. 
That's the motherfucker that gets beat up. It's just like well, that and, and any damage to the other to the other toys are coming from beating the fuck up on yeah, the exactly. stormtrooper. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I thought that. Also, was I feel like this yeah. is not the only dude that dies in this episode. No, absolutely not. It feels like like I, I feel like I think there are there's one other dude that definitely like, should be dead in this episode. That's what I think. I, mean, I do too. Single, I think it is every interesting. Every single one of those stormtroopers that gets fucked up by Cad Bane, I'm pretty sure they're all probably dead because he's not using stun on them. Well, here's the thing for me that's interesting that Star Wars does on occasion. I'm going to skip to the end real quick. Hunter does survive this blast. That's good. That's good and all. <laughs> How many stormtroopers have been shot in the fucking chest and died? You know what I'm saying? Like, just because. Dude, listen, he didn't get shot in the chest. He got shot in the the shoulder. Good soldiers follow orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Those stormtroopers were were to to, to sacrifice their lives. (laughs) But, uh... You know, Omega runs up to check on Wrecker, who has uh, fallen from this speeder. And he's like, oh, are you okay, Wrecker? Rika, are you okay? And, uh, <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that was so aggressively Australian and, like, manly. Not not quite. <laughs> like, you sounded like fucking, okay, going way back, but uh, Kangaroo Jack. You sounded like Somebody get my man Colton on at Outback. Let's go. Get him in there. He's ready. Outback. I'm talking about now. corporate though. I'm talking about corporate so you can be in the commercials. <laughs> he says he was just waiting to make his move, Wrecker. He's like Yeah, I had that shit. I was just waiting. I was holding on. But uh, we cut to Echo saying that Rex warned them about the scrappers and says that they should leave. And Hunter retorts that, you know, they need money and they are literally standing on a fucking gold mine. And he asks Tech what the hall would be here and he says that there's plenty of weapons. Hunter poses the idea that, you know, just a few of them would clear their debt with Sid. And Echo's like, we're not, so- we're soldiers, not arms smugglers. Like this ain't, this ain't what I signed up for, bro. And you can tell that Echo, far and away, has the most moral qualms with everything that goes on here. That's because Echo's a fucking reg. It, 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 that's what's ultimately, like, the case. Like, it, yeah. it, that is why, is because he is a reg. Well, it, honestly, it's probably, like, they probably are so okay with making that transition because, like, Echo, prior to, you know, becoming Echo, whenever he was just, like, the, the normal clone was doing normal clone missions, whereas fucking Clone Force 99 was doing all the fucked up missions, doing, you know, off on their own fucking shit up. And so, you know, they're probably used to doing weird missions like, hey, go smuggle some fucking weapons for us. Yeah, they probably don't have much beef with that idea. Uh, and Hunter, Hunter's, he's all about the bread lately, bro. He's like, well, would this pay? Yeah, all right. Sounds good to me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh... You know, uh, Hunter sticks to his guns here. He says, uh, and Tech says that the intel in the ships could be worth far more than any of the weapons. And Hunter's like, good, get this shit online and gather whatever you can. Let's get that shit. Let's get this money, honey. And uh, (laughs) Omega asks, you know, what they should do about the knocked out scrappers nearby. And Hunter says, oh, you know, 
we need to be gone by the time they wake up, so let's go. And they just they book it, they run, and they find their way to a real dark armory. And we see these uh these little this little creature that we saw at the beginning of Jedi Fallen Order. I don't know if you remember, but you see these little rat like things running around all over the place with Cal Kestis. So it's nice knowing that we're really getting these this heavy callbacks to Baraka. But uh Omega and Wrecker find uh, you know, the gold. Tech turns the power on and Omega gets a door open for Wrecker, and behind that door So many brutes on torpedoes. <laughs> Wrecker is excited. Wrecker grabs one, holds it close, treats it right the way he would a lover. And <laughs> Omega's like, can I learn how to disarm that one? And he's like, no, nah, this one's mine. And uh, over the comms, Tech calls out for Omega, and she immediately runs to his aid, all sweet and stuff. And Wrecker gives the torpedo a kiss here, which I was just like, this dude, he loves, he loves his explosives. That's really his vibe. Uh, but approaching, Hunter says the, to Echo that with a haul like this, Sid will owe them for a change. And uh, Echo says that if they had left with Rex, they wouldn't have to owe Sid at all. We could have just dipped. Why the fuck did we not do that? And uh, Hunter's like, Dude, you know, I, don't know. I feel like path. hanging out with Rex would be pretty sick, though. And here's the thing. It is interesting seeing Echo at this point be like, I wish I was with Rex. A little, not not completely. Obviously, he loves he loves his Bad Batch family, but I don't know if you remember how the Bad Batch arc ended. He chose to leave Rex and ride with the Bad Batch because he was like, "These are my people." Now he's thinking, like, "Why the fuck are we not with Rex? We're soldiers. What the fuck? What the fuck are we gonna do?" And you know, that's the, that's the point Hunter tries to make. He's like, you know, he's on a different path. And Echo was like, "Well, you know, what the fuck are we gonna do? We're we're soldiers, Hunter. What other path is there?" It's like, well, why the fuck don't we join him on that path? <laughs> and here's the thing is like, what I know you guys are raising Omega, but like you're raising her, whether you like it or not, as a soldier. So why would it be a bad idea yeah. to not raise her in some sort of rebellion cell? I don't know. Maybe that's just too yeah, rebel. Yeah, it's yeah. I get what you're saying. Like the, it's not like she's going to be raised any differently if you just you know take her and you know. Go raise her fighting for the rebellion than you fighting would the empire instead of conducting arms. Raising deals. her as a mercenary. <laughs> yeah, like you're 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 doing you're doing shit that you probably shouldn't be in front of a child anyway. Like you might as well fight for the right side in the meantime. Do you mean like training her how to disarm a bomb? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh you know, it, it is what it is. I'm cool with Hunter having his heart in the right place. It's just Come on. But uh you know, uh, Omega arrives at the bridge at Tech's side, and she helps him out. She looks out the window to see Bracca. She asks him, what was the war like? And uh, he was like, it's a primary mission objective comprised of various battles on many fronts. She's like, yeah, but what was it like? And he's like, well, I just fucking told you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love. They make this point with Tech, too. Tech's been one to call out the other's programming quite a bit. But I think this is a really good example of how his uh, operates. He uh, he he's literal. He cannot. He he like cannot joke. You know it's who like he reminds me does. of? It's just not a thing he does. But uh, who who Kyler? I feel he like reminds me of Josh Patrick. He reminds me of. He Josh does Patrick. remind me of Josh Patrick. Just that Josh like Patrick no... in the Patreon exclusive intro. You gotta get it. <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> uh, she then runs. She then turns to see, you know, this little light flashing on the dash here. Tech informs her uh, it's the proximity sensor. It signals when there's an approaching vessel. And he writes it off as, you know, a short circuit. But immediately screeching overhead, we got some Imperials. And Tech informs Hunter over the comms. He's like, yeah, we got we got some fucking we got some fucking company. We got a problem. And uh, I got to say, big tragedy vibes from the Mandalorian. Uh, like when Boba Fett arrived or when the Empire later arrived. Uh, yeah. and, and then, you know, Grogu gets taken at the end of the episode. I love so, how every one of these moments is like, I feel like they've given it plenty of time to breathe. Like they don't let, like they don't let that moment go away too soon. You know what I mean? Like when they're coming in, they really let that like ominous, like feel build and like kind of have you sit in it for a minute. Absolutely. It's like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And so that feeling brought on by like the sound of like the ships flying in. I was just thinking about it. As much as like Star Wars is very much lightsabers and the force, I don't know that there's a noise that is more Star Wars than the sound of like the ships flying in or like the TIE fighters or like just like the sound of those ships is very like, like that might be like the most I iconic star wars noise to me no yeah that yeah that's just just, that's your rocks i love it every fucking time but uh you know they 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 make their landfall and text like yeah we got some fucking company uh we then cut to nala say and the prime minister and the prime minister tells her you know they can no longer delay that the empire's mission on Braca poses a threat to their contingency plan he says they will have to call upon further assistance. So this is the scene we've been waiting for in terms of the confirmation. We had our heavy suspicions. They've been the only ones really in the running. And I'm so happy because it finally confirms that Joseph is wrong. <laughs> He's been pushing so hard that it's that it's Palpatine and or that they're doing it for Palpatine. And it's just been like, no, it's just them. It's one of their contingencies for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, they just they 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 have their own plans, you know. Like the Kaminoans yeah. are on their own in this. This isn't something that's attached to anything, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, however, you know, Nala says like we've already got Fennec Shand, basically. Like she's already, like we've already got someone handling matters. We don't need to do all that. And uh, he retorts that as long as one of the bounty hunters returns the young clone intact, that, that is all that they should be concerned with. So, we get a little confirmation here. One of the bounty hunters. Does this mean there are two bounty hunters, or do we got more bounty hunters in play? Oh, that's this is this is a like a like they sent it out to the entire bounty hunters guild, and they're just like, put all your fucking best bounty hunters on it, and whoever gets her gets her to us first is racking in, is raking in that big money. So we're going. I I think the Kaminoans are seeking out specific ones for confidentiality. Uh, yeah I, okay yeah whenever i say it, like out to the bounty hunter guild i mean in the sense of like because they probably i don't i can't imagine that it's like a i guess they could reach out directly but i think there's like a reach out to the bounty hunter guild and it's like this can go out to like this many people and we want top of the line so it's going to be like a Phoenix shand a cad bane a you know potentially that we like we talked about in the uh, patreon inclusive uh a uh boba fett 
Yeah. It would be interesting um, to see Boba Fett kind of have that standoff with Cad Bane. It and would be it, so fucking interesting. I don't well, think we did it, but it would make me so happy. It would kind of suck to fall back on Boba Fett again, just because we have with the but, Mandalorian. But, but I'd be okay with it. It would make sense, because Boba Fett, in theory, would fight for his sister. Or... Or maybe, like, we saw Boba Fett in The Mandalorian, like, make the correct choice and help him out and go save Grogu. Maybe, like, we see the opposite, and that's what leads him to do that in, in The Mandalorian, is he is he goes and fights Cad Bane, defeats takes Cad, Omega Cad Bane, for himself. takes Omega, and goes to bring it back to the fucking, and, you know, loses her at some point or something like that. And now that's that, what, that I can get behind. That, I, yeah. I, that would show a change head, in character. I love it. Yeah, so I just think it like it would it would as you said it would show character development and show like what how he went from the the Boba Fett that we saw in at you know in the original trilogy get that gets eaten by the Sarlacc and then how he that character change that we see by the time we see him in the Mandalorian maybe he spends you know however many years sitting in the fucking Sarlacc pit remembering the mistakes he made and. That's where we see the character development from, which would be. I gotta, fun. I gotta think that's the event that changes Boba Fett. You know, he's like, oh, yeah. I should have died. Yeah, yeah I think it's like that... I should have died, and then maybe spends the entire time thinking on, man, I was a fucking asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's, maybe it's I should go right some of the wrongs. It's a distinct possibility, but uh, back on Braca, uh, Hunter spots Crosshair. He tells the team, and Tech says that they won't be able to detect them. And no, he's he's blocking the scanners. And Hunter's like, "Yeah, that won't stop him, though." And you know that and they they make another they dart again and down with the Imperials. The elite squad says their scanners aren't picking up anything; just a bunch of uh, atmospheric interference. And Crosser tells them that they're they're being jammed, which means they're still on the ship. And uh, he commands some of the shoulders to take a shuttle and find their ship. Oh, uh, we cut back to the Bad Batch. With Hunter asking how many soldiers there were, and uh, Tech informs them that there were at least three attack shuttles worth. Three attack shuttles worth. Uh, Wrecker chimes chimes in that they've already got what they came for. They should just get the fuck out of here, head for the hangar. And Hunter says that they're uh, that the imps are already on the cruiser, so they need to uh, get a covert way out of here. And Echo says that they'll do a forward aft suite, so they'll alternate corridors. They make another break for it, and we cut back to Crosshair, who is being informed that their ship has been found, and it is empty. And Crosshair tells his men to create a perimeter around the ship. And I like that, you know, I I love Crosshair in this episode. And I feel like uh, he's really, really sank into this role as a command, like a leader of, a leader of soldiers. Uh, obviously, in a very imperial way, he's willing to risk any of them at any point, so he's not an actually good leader. He's just a uh, he's a good leader by the empire standards, you know what I'm right. saying? Uh, and you know he's he's ruthless. He certainly is ruthless, and we see more and more of that throughout the throughout the uh, episode. But uh, again, back with the bad batch, Tech is trying to tap into the regs comms so that they can monitor monitor their movements, uh, which is just a very Tech thing to do. And of course, as we learn later, Crosshair knows that. But uh, they, they hear steps nearby and take cover out of sight, and the imps miss them somehow because they are not very out of sight. They are just around a corner that the uh, stormtroopers happen to not look down. Because uh, if they'd have turned, they weren't hiding. They were just kind of 
squatting. Like kind of behind yeah. stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I guess you can't ever just like, what do you say there? Cause like stormtroopers are really just that stupid. Like it's just that simple. Like you can't argue, <laughs> well, you can't ever argue with it. it. Like you can't ever argue with it. It's they are just that dumb, which I think is outstanding. <laughs> it's and the easiest. Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. Sorry. It is the easiest riders coop they have. It's just like, Oh, Hey, how are we going to make sure they don't get seen? I don't know. I mean, they don't even really need to try that hard. It's not like stormtroopers. That's yeah. Stormtroopers are just dumbasses. <laughs> no, it's literally like the TikTok with uh, Jack Harlow and uh, Drewski where it's like <laughs> life like this sure is sweet. Huh? <laughs> that's what this is. Sorry. But, uh, you know, uh, Tech gets into the comms here, and he's he hears Crosshair informing all squads to push the targets towards the hangar. And Omega asks, aren't we headed for the hangar? And uh, Hunter tells the group, you know, not anymore. We got to cut through the artillery deck, and, you know, next we are at the artillery deck. I like that we're just like, we'll name a place, and then guess what? We're at that place, and they just keep doing it. I love it. But, uh... They see there's a, a pretty far drop down from this artillery deck, and Wrecker groans and explains, Okay, I'm not going out that way. Uh, which is a nice little line from him, considering he tosses two soldiers to their deaths later. Uh, but the imps burst onto the deck, and they're the Bad Batch is trapped on both sides, one by Crosshair on one side is being controlled by Crosshair. And he said he knew they'd tap into their comms to listen to their whereabouts, and Wrecker peeks out from his hiding space. He's like, hey, it's good to see you too, Crosshair. Hey, man. Long time no see. How you doing, buddy? Thanks for uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, but Tech tells Echo quietly to scomp into the uh, reroute reserve power. Scomp in and reroute and reserve power to the cannons. Echo tells him that, you know, if the cannons fire, the whole deck collapses. So that's not going to fucking work. And Tech's like, actually, it is going to work. That's exactly what I'm counting on. So... Go ahead. And uh, Crosshair speaks again. Look at you all scavenging like rats. How pathetic. Yeah, I don't. I love how he says that's pathetic. Like, bro. You are an imp. Yeah, like, and also at the same time, like, they have, like, the whole point of the Bad Batch is them being different. So what about you going in, joining in the Conforming. Ranks? Yeah, is, what about that is noble well, or like admirable and omega omega explains here in a second how it's not his fault but you know hunter asks you know why'd you come after us crosser's like yo you're traitors and he gives the soldiers you know the signal to move into their position and they surround the bad batch and hunter makes a bid for the good side of crosshair he tells him to wake up that he's being controlled by an inhibitor chip and omega comes forward he's like she's like it's true the kaminoans put chips in all the clones and, uh, interesting. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm not giving up. Omega being the one who says they put chips in all, all, all the clones. Omega is a clone. And just because she didn't go through Order 66 doesn't necessarily mean she doesn't have an inhibitor chip. I can get behind it, but there's no way they wouldn't like, there's no way Rex would not have at least made them do a quick, a quick scan. Well, then here's the thing. Show it to us. 
fair. I can't, I can't be okay with them writing that off as an off-screen event. Okay, but but Rex was literally about to kill every single one of them on the off chance they still had their inhibitor ch- chips. There's no way he'd just be like, "All right, well, I almost killed you guys, and you got them removed. Like, we can just we can just we can forget about her. We can just move on." Yeah, I'd like to think that's the case too. However, when I'm right, we're going to look back on that and we're going to go, that's a hole. That's a hole in the writing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because if I am right, that's what so, that yeah. is. Either way, it's either a hole and they should have shown us like her taking part in the scan or it's a hole and it's like there's no way they would let it slide. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Especially after uh, Wrecker, you know, damn near killed each and every one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, she asks him to remember, she asks Crosshair to remember what she told him in the brig, that he's being controlled. It's not his fault. And Crosshair then tells his soldiers, ruthless as fuck, aim for the kid. Yo! You got three grown-ass men here. And he goes... Aim for the kid. Well, I mean, uh, is this out of character for like an imperial character? Look what fucking uh, not one or, bit. Not yeah, one bit. I'm character. just saying, like he is, he is ruthless. In recent like, Star is, Wars television, <laughs> have we not seen this? Recently? Not, not out of character for an imperial character, and especially not out of character for fucking Crosshair. Yeah, My exactly. man was killing civilians for the fun of it. He said, "Do you know where uh, what's his name was at? Who was it they were after?" Sagarera. Oh, Saw so- Sagarera. Where do you know where Sagarera went? And then a civilian I said, "No." And he goes, you. "I believe you." And then just fucking killed him. <laughs> he is not above killing a child to get at the rest of his team. <laughs> and yeah, you're you're certainly you're certainly right here. But uh, Hunter pushes her out of the way, and he exclaims that uh, their issue was with him, not with her. And Record tells Echo to hurry up, and Echo counts down from three to power up uh, to pow- to get the power back on. Crosshair tells Hunter one more time to drop his weapon. And right as he finishes his sentence, the cannon fires and chaos erupts. Blasters are fired and the deck is collapsing. And Omega takes out a few imps with her dope-ass bow. And I'm like, oh, okay. So so now she's got a few Imperial bodies on it, on her. So I, I like that. She's officially ki- killed a few stormtroopers. <laughs> she's such a rite but, uh, of passage. It's a rite of passage for every. It's Star always Wars at character. such a young age. Always at such a young age. I was watching. I was watching Rick and Morty the other day, and I actually mentioned this on the, on yesterday's episode for the Rick and Morty season five premiere about how, like, there's an episode in season four where Rick is like, "Man, this is fucking awesome. I love when there's no consequences. It's like Star Wars. Yeah, like Star Wars <laughs> because they can ju- they can just kill the bad guys because they're Imperials." Yeah, well, they're they're stormtroopers. They all get to die. That's just what they do. Well, it, yeah, it's the one benefit of having the bad guys that you're killing be masked. You know, people wearing suits and masks that so you can't so you can't see who it is behind it, and you're just killing. That's just another stormtrooper. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, but then you see like Finn, and it's like, oh, huh? Oh yeah, that's right. These are. These I wonder are how many people. of the million that Luke Skywalker killed. Uh was actually not that bad of a person. <laughs> but uh yeah, it was it was it was just funny. But uh 
you know, they take, they take out a few imps here and, uh, the deck officially collapses and Wrecker seizes the opportunity to throw a couple soldiers out the window that he looked out of earlier. And, uh, he picks up the torpedo and the weapons cache and breaks for it with the rest of the gain. And they are, uh, they're cut off by an elite squad member who lets the flamethrower go. It's real Mandalorian season finale of season one vibes. And, uh, Wrecker thinks, you know, there's one thing he can do. He rears back, he tosses that torpedo, knocks them the fuck out. Direct, direct hit, yeah! <laughs> oh, what was that called? Did any of you guys play Call of Duty? What was it called, uh, when you would do that? Oh, uh, what did they call that uh, word? I know what you're talking about. Shit. I couldn't tell you. Keep going. I'm gonna do some research. Wait, whenever you do what? I just when you like would like so like okay, let's say like you had a grenade launcher on your gun in Call of Duty and you hit somebody just with the with the grenade. Oh what fuck! They call that? I mean, noob tube was an expression, but that was just the engine. That was that was just the the act of using. That was what the grenade launcher was. Um. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm in the same spot where I just can't think of what it's called. Yeah, I know. That's where I'm at. I have zero clue, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, just pick yep. up where I was. They uh, they make their way to the Ion Engine, where they intend to sneak out the back. And uh, Crosshair awakes amongst the rubble on the artillery deck, and he calls for a status report, where he's informed that there is no sign of the Bad Batch. And Crosshair says to bring him to a sh- bring him a shuttle. One of his squad members says that they must be heading aft, and he tells them to go to the bridge and await his orders. He hops on a shuttle, and he, he he's on his way. He's on his way. But uh, back in the Ion engine, the, the gang gets to take a, a fun little slide here. Wrecker slides down, riding the weapons cache in his possession, which I thought was funny as hell. Very Wrecker of him, the way he, like, giggles and slides right on out. He's like, ha, 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 He slides all the way down. Shit was awesome. Uh... But, you know, as as they're all sliding, Neko tells Tech that he didn't think he meant literally escaping through the engine. And Tech's like, yeah, I could not have been more clear. Yeah. Actually. He's probably just pissed off at this point. Like, do you not fucking, do you guys not fucking listen to me? Like, I tell you. He's like Chandler Bing in that episode of Friends where he's like, does nobody take me seriously? (laughs) (laughs) But, uh. Omega looks up in awe, and she's like, yo, I've never been inside an ion engine. And Wrecker's like, yeah, that'd be weird as fuck if you had. Uh, and Tech's like, this this stuff right here is an engineering model. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Wrecker's like, shut up, nerd. And uh, <laughs> he's like, shut up, nerd. No one cares. And uh, they make. And what's funny, though, is that what he was about to say ends up being important. Yeah. He ends up like, having to say it later. He's like, hey, maybe if you assholes had listened to me earlier, you would know why we can't just go, why we can't just blow this thing up. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, they try to make their way to the outside and they are uh, fired at by Crosshair, which, I don't know. Crosshair's whole thing is that he never misses. He clearly fired a warning shot, which me, which tells me there's a little Crosshair left there. Like a little, a little normal crosshair left in there. Cause there's no way, no way he fires a warning shot in his current state. You know what I'm saying? Like on purpose. 
and there's no way he misses. I think there is too. No, and I think there is too because here, and if you want my honest opinion, it didn't occur to me until I realized Hunter wasn't actually dead for real. I would not be surprised if Crosshair would come back. They would go and remove his inhibitor chip, and in replacement of a lost, a fellow Bad Batch member down to that would have made a lot of sense. The void. But then Hunter didn't die, so then I was like, well, I don't know. So I guess it could still happen, but I was really just that that came instantly into my mind after Hunter got healed. Yeah, that would have been that would have been pretty seamless. I still do anticipate seeing Crosshair restored with his inhibitor chip removed at some point. Uh however, it would be interesting if after all this they went the route where they did make a point to be like Wrecker's not waking up. Like, like, what if Crosshair's inhibitor chip was just like it had too much of an effect on his brain chemistry that, oh, like, he pulled shit. that shit out and he's just like he's just like lost. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like when Buzz Lightyear gets switched over to uh, demo Spanish mode. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. No, but yeah, demo mode. I know what you're talking about. But uh, you know, they when they try to make their way outside, Crosshair fires and he shouts, "Try again, Hunter." I told you before. You're surrounded. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to rein in my uh, my uh, crosshair. It's not very good yet. It's hard, man. That that He's got a really specific one. Yeah. I feel like like I said, I told you I said told I talked to you guys about how he sounds like Makarov from Call of Duty games, the Modern Warfare series. If you yes. could and we just need to find a guy that's really good at that impression and get him to come on. And he, I bet you. Yeah, we just got to get him on here. I bet that's you he could just. I bet you he could just murder Crosshair impression. We should just get D. Bradley Baker himself. Yeah, you know what? While we're at it, I mean, if it's not too much of a hassle. We might as well. <laughs> but you know, Hunter tells them, you know, double back. We need to dip. And uh, right as they do, the engine begins to come online. And he turns to Tech. He's like, "Yeah, that shouldn't be possible, should it?" And Tech's like, actually, I turned the power on because I needed information that you asked for, Hunter. So, yeah, the engine can turn on. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Omega looks up and she's like, Crosshair wouldn't do that, would he? And it's like, yeah, yeah, he would because it's happening. Uh, and Tech says, you know, they've got approximately two minutes. Wrecker panics. He's like, oh, what about Plan 7? And Echo goes, what the fuck does Plan 7 have to do with anything? (laughs) And he's like, will you come up with a better fucking plan, man? I'm sorry. I'm just trying. I'm trying. Okay. I'm just trying my best. I'm just, I'm just trying. None of you said anything. I thought Plan (laughs) 7. But, uh, you know, Hunter, Hunter then suggests, you know, could we use the explosives from the armory, armory to disable the engine? And Tech's like, aha! My time to shine. Actually, <laughs> this place was designed to withstand that sort of blast, and it would not be destroyed for that. However, and I like that he, like, didn't just jump to the actual explanation first. He was like, I'm going to make sure to let you know what I was going to tell you earlier. However, <laughs> if we line this cone with some with some charges, it would separate the cylinder, destabilizing the core. And uh, I, I just think about, I want to know he what, said, in what world... But- they thought they thought like blowing up the inside of it would do anything. Whenever this thing is literally like stands up against 
a fucking like engine that, that ion pushes engine. A, a fucking ion engine that pushes a fucking starship forward. Yeah, and, and you think you know, these I little think the fucking other... explosives are gonna do shit? What made me laugh is like the way he described it. I'm like, dude, what the hell is he talking about? I'm like, how does anyone understand what this means? And then all of a sudden, I see what they're talking about. I'm like, oh, that's like really like actually like I could have just like guessed that that's probably what like the formation would need to be to make it blow up. But like, well, it's what, the best guess. Like, oh, it's sealed right there. Yeah, we'll yeah. But like what? But like what he said just to me just was like, whoop. oh yeah, he made it way too complicated. But but that's to be expected. But yeah, he's like, you know, if we do that, we'll break away from the the cylinder. will break away and destabilize the core. And Omega questions. She goes. Break away? You mean full? All the way down? And Echo says, yeah, it's that, or, you know, die a fiery death. You choose, Omega. And uh, everyone takes an explosive, and they make their way to their positions, placing the explosives and getting the hell out of Dodge. And outside, Crosshair is informed that the engines are ready, and he goes, engage. Turn this shit on. Let's go. And, uh, you know, the engines fire up as Wrecker blows the thing to bits. And Crosshair, who's already began walking back to his ship, he's like, fuck yeah. He was trying to curry this. He was trying to Steph Curry from three this. He, take the shot, walk away, not even look. But he heard that, he heard the ball bounce off the rim. He sees the, he sees the whole thing start collapsing. And he's like, ah, oh, what the fuck? What, what the fuck? You know, the cylinder separates, the core destabilizes. Severely fucking up Crosshair. This thing knocks yeah. him on his ass. It fucks up his eyes. He uh, was like, like bad. He was down bad. And I was down like, down fucked. Yeah, he he was he wasn't looking too hot at this moment. Uh, well, he was looking very hot in yeah, terms of like, yeah, you know, actually, temperature. But uh, you know, the Bad Batch falls their separate ways. Hunter and Omega on one side, the rest on the other. And as soon as this happened, I went. Fuck. Like, because this is too close to the end of the episode for this to end well. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. In terms of them separating, like, something bad's about to happen here. And, uh... I, it, oh, my gosh. The way you just described that, like, the separating part. Like, do you remember how it felt in Civil War when you see them split up at the airport scene? When you see, like, uh, it's Wanda over by the turn, like, the hangar, and then it's yeah. what... I know, I know Black Panther, all the, that scene, like where they split up and then all the bad oh, yeah, shit really sides. happens. And then all the bad shit really happens. No, I don't mean like, I mean like when the group split up at the airport scene, like when Cap and oh, Bucky gotcha. start running for the hangar and then Vision takes off in the air and, or well, Vision, I guess, is holding whoever, but that's when Falcon and Rhodey are flying, and dude, yeah, it's just, that's just when shit Yeah, you're like, well, something bad's about to happen, and then Rhodey gets shot out of the fucking air and paralyzed, yeah. and it's like, oh, wow, that's devastating. Yeah. You want to talk about being effective with devastating scenes, putting characters in real danger? Marvel doesn't do a bad job for not killing as many characters as they can. Uh, no kidding. Like, Paralyzing a character? That's crazy. Like a hero? I'd, yeah. I got, I, obviously, I'd given it some thought, but that's just wild. Uh, but, you know, Crosshair struggles after they've, uh, after these, these, this place is like falling apart and he tells them to turn the engines off, you know, cause he's still getting burnt to a crisp. 
and uh, they cut they cut off the power, and Crosshair passes out. And uh, Echo calls out over the comms to Hunter, asking where he is. And Hunter tells him that they're by the engine and that they've got company. And uh, the sh- the shuttle fires on them as he tells them to meet back at the the Marauder. And back with Crosshair, his soldiers call for a medic, and he tells them that they're headed for their ship. His soldiers call out asking if they uh, they had secured the enemy ship in a uh, with like a perimeter, and we get no response. We see the stormtrooper dead, and I'm like, oh fuck yeah. Hunter's already been to work. And then I see Hunter and Omega show up. And I'm like, oh, they have not already been to work. Uh, and they arrive on this very grim scene with several stormtroopers being dead. And Hunter says that, you know, someone's here. This wasn't a scrapper's handiwork. And then he hears, wasn't much work. And we just get this beautiful, beautiful tracking shot from the boots up to the hat of Cad Bane. And it's like, oh, fuck yeah. Western Dude, okay. theme is kicking in real hard. I, uh, I had never seen him until recently, but I, before I had even watched any of Clone Wars, I remember like when I would go through like Instagram in the explore section or like even just on Twitter with the accounts I follow, like this dude was like, posted about frequently like pictures of comics with him pictures of just concept art picture anything they could have on him just like fanfic Very all of it. like fanfic. i would see it like people glorified this dude like he was like they this is a dude they wanted so bad to see like actually and we got him here and that's yeah. the thing is that he's been he's been uh speculated for like book of boba and stuff but i think if we're like gonna see him live action it's more likely we see him in like kenobi or andor you know he's old as fuck here he's an old dude here you know yeah he's, but he's an alien so you know he could in theory just live as long as you fucking want he's an yeah, alien dude you know? who knows how age works he's a bug bugs can live for I mean, like fucking, one week or like forever 9000 years old so you know, you have a good point. You have a good point. But, you know, Hunter tells Omega, get behind him. And Cad, Cad Bane exits his ship and lifts up his cap. He says that he's taken out so many clones over the years. Once you figure out one, the rest are easy. And Hunter tells him, you're in for a surprise. Cad looks at him. He goes, I doubt that. And I was like, fuck, this is a real Western standoff. This is fucking dope. But, uh. Omega warns Hunter. He's, she says, he's a bounty hunter. And Cad says, ain't you smart? Kid's got it all figured out. And uh, mm-hmm. his little droid friend who's been with him since the early Clone Wars days says, you're in trouble now. Talking to Hunter. and Dude, Hunter I fucking him, hated that guy. I hated that guy. That droid's a piece of shit. He reminds me of the, uh, the, the Jafar's little parrot. Oh and shit! Like, that's a really good comparison. Like any, like dude, just pisses me off, just on my nerves. That is a fantastic comparison. But uh, see, I completely disagree. I fucking love this droid no, solely because you. of the fact that it's Seth fucking Green. Oh, is it Seth Green? Yes. Wait a minute, is that the? That makes so much sense. Yeah. Did you guys not? That's I was looking it up just to be sure before I said it. But every single time I fucking hear him, and even in the Clone Wars, it's Seth fucking Green, and it's so funny every time I hear his voice because it's it's he's not a Star Wars voice to me, 
and I hear his voice, and I'm like, what the fuck oh, is and Seth he's definitely Green not a droid powers? voice, and I so think I that's why it. I don't like this droid. Is See, because he doesn't sound like a droid. And that's why I love this droid, because he's so not a fucking droid. And there's so many scenes in, like, the Clone Wars where he says shit, and you're like, like, you're not a fucking droid, Whoa. dude. <laughs> Time out. Did you know he had a credit? He he was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Seth Green? Yeah. As what? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Hang on. What? No way. I could see him. I mean, obviously. He's Howard like, the Duck. What the fuck? The no duck. way. No way. No so if way. we get a Howard the Duck solo movie, we can count on Seth Green. We're going to get fucking Seth Green. My God, that's awesome. That's so that's sick. That's fucking incredible. But uh, God, it's just that so makes sense, weird. too. I'm thinking about his line in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and it's just I can One hear it in Seth Green. Yeah, once you go duck. You're out of laughter. What is he saying? That, that's what he says, right? Something like that. Yeah. But uh, right. Hunter no. asks uh, Cad Bane, he's like, who hired you? Come on, tell me, tell me. Cad Bane's like, that's confidential information, son. Hand her over. And Hunter's like, she's with us. She's not going anywhere. And Cad says, that's unfortunate for you. His hand hovers over his blaster, and the Western theme really kicks off. Hunter hovers his hand over his blaster. It's real intense. They they look at each other for a moment, and who draws first? But Hunter. Hunter goes for it first, and Cad Bane says, Bitch, no. Uh, Cad Bane's built for this shit. Because this was one of the coolest standoffs we've ever had in Star Wars for my money. In terms of just how Western it was, like this was West, like the way well, Cad Bane puts the blaster back and everything. He does the yeah. spin thing, holsters it. Kick there are ass. other Star Wars scene where, scenes where you're like, this like draws from a Western theme. This is literally just a Western shot. Oh, just like it, it's the yeah, music, it's, the shot, the, yeah. the, the way they act, like the way Cad yeah. Bane acts. Like he's straight out of a, he's even got a fucking cowboy hat. Yeah, it's literally they said they said let's take let's take a shot from like the Lone Ranger nineteen eighty or whatever and just have it be two Star Wars characters instead. <laughs> Outstanding, but you know. He gets Hunter in the chest. And Omega just shouts, Ante! Ante! And this shit destroyed me. Like I was like, fuck! I was convinced. That's yeah. That right I, I, I thought I he was earlier. gone for sure. I thought he was dead because of the like, like there are other scenes where like you know like a character gets shot but they don't react immediately. So you're like, oh okay, so he's still alive. Her reacting like this, I'm like, all right, so he's fucking dead. And on my rewatch, it was even worse. She gets taken away, thinking Hunter's dead. Yeah, fuck. She doesn't know Hunter's alive. Well, dude, what sold it for me, like, I was convinced he was dead just because of the music. Like, the way it swelled in this moment and, like, the way the camera just started focusing in on him and shit. I was like, oh, yeah, my Yeah, he seemed gone. dead like, as fuck. I was convinced. Yeah, I but, was But, uh, you know, Omega's about that action, though. She she calls she calls out Hunter's name, and then she's like, fuck that, draws her bow on Cad. She's like, stand the fuck down, bitch. But, you know, she <laughs> she gets she gets disarmed by Seth Green. And uh, <laughs> Cad Bane says, sorry, little lady, and stuns Omega, knocking her out. Oh, dude. 
Back with uh, Crosshair. We see he is being tended to. He has a head wrap. His eyes are burnt to shit, and he's in a sling. And in this moment, I thought for a moment, could Crosshair become Dengar? Uh, it was just, just a brief moment that I thought this. But look up the character Dengar, D-E-N-G-A-R, and tell me this doesn't look the way Crosshair looked at the end of this episode. It's not him. It looks a lot like him, though. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. It does look a lot like him. No, this is the fucking character that he turns into, like, a fucking, like, he he turns, like, super fucking weird, like, later on, doesn't he? Dengar? Yeah. I, I have, I don't know, I don't have nearly enough content with Dengar. Like, I, I would like to read more or see more, which was, like, why I thought this might be a cool little introduction to a, a bounty hunter named Dengar, like Crosshair's like, fuck, I need a whole new identity. <clears throat> I could see it happening, but you know, his eyes are burnt to shit. He's in a sling and he is informed that their ground forces have the bad batch on the run. He groans and he tells them to get him in the shuttle. And we cut to Hunter waking up to the sound of echo, urging him to wake and Wrecker asks, what happened? Where's Omega? And tech notices he's been shot. He says he's been shot in the left chest plate. And he tells him, you know, we got to carry him to the ship. But yeah, they get their ship. It gets up. It gets out of there. And they're on their way. But, you know, Wrecker's Hunter goes, he took a. And Wrecker's like, who? He's like a bounty hunter. Took Omega. We have to find them. And then we cut to black. And uh, I thought that was an interesting place to cut to black. Obviously, they had to show us. I'm, I don't know. I feel like you could have kicked off the next episode with this left us with that hunter's dead for a week. Yeah. I don't know. That's Happy not very, didn't. like, that's not very Disney of them, I guess. That's not very, that wouldn't be very cash money of them. Well, I wouldn't say Disney. I'll say a Disney animated show. I know it's Star Wars, but yeah. still. I feel like Mandalorian, you could kind of buy that. But, like, in the animated series, I feel like they don't want to leave you that. that uh, well, yeah, because if you do end that episode with him getting shot in the chest... And then we come back next week, and then he's alive. Then it's like, oh, this is really cheap. Yeah, right. I did. I did like the fact that they like that entire scene, like that last scene, is all from like his, like his point of view directly, and it shows like oh, what they see. We never that's, like, got a really that. cool. Thing. I don't think we've ever gotten that before from no, animation. I don't. It, it, at the anything. very least, I don't think we've ever gotten the like inside of a clone's helmet. I think we've gotten inside of like some other like helmets and stuff like that. Well, we've seen through Maybe. scopes. We've seen through scopes. I don't yeah. know that we've ever actually seen through, like, the eyes if, of a helmet before, besides, like, Vader for a very... Yeah, that's kind of... I was kind of thinking, that's like, what a I was thinking maybe, like, a, a, maybe, like, a Boba Fett or a Mandalorian type. Now, obviously not the Mandalorian, but, like, a a Mandalorian, yeah, yeah. like, helmet, maybe. Um, not that I Yeah, no, remember. it was really cool that we got to see that for the first time of, like, here's what the clones are seeing. Type thing. Yeah, and frankly, I'm I'm bewildered by Mandalorians and clones. How do you function without peripheral vision? I yeah, feel like at I a don't... certain point you get used to it. They're and that's also probably like why that. they take their... That's probably why they don't sit with their helmets on all the time and why unless they're like fighting and they need the protection, they take that shit off. 
And in theory, if you're fighting an enemy, you should be looking straight ahead to fight them. Yeah. Okay, I can get behind that. But if that enemy gets on your side for even a second, you're kind of you're like at least a little fucked. But at the same time, if you get on the enemy's side for a second, yeah. Think about if you're both on each other's sides. You're just like, oh, huh? Guess the enemy just left. You're both just like side to side, right next to each other. <laughs> That'd be pretty outstanding. But fuck, guys, this was one of the better. This is one of the best episodes of the show so far for my money. Uh. This yeah. was top to bottom perfect. I I didn't have a lot of qualms with it. it I love was, that uh, not only did we get like Hunter and that emotional part, like where Hunter gets shot, we also get to see Omega get taken. And like the fact that those happen back to back just really hits a lot harder. Like those happen separately in separate episodes on their own. You can kind of process both like – as it goes well, on, but they happen back to back. And then the cliffhanger, arguably the more ominous one, is Omega is gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Last that's time how, we saw a child get taken in Star Wars, bad, bad. Well, bad turned into great things. Happened. Turned into great things. But here's the thing. With this, it means that one way or another, do do the Kaminoans have Omega taking to, taken to an offsite, like a place that isn't Camino, hmm. or yes. do, yeah, right? Because they Camino's don't, they controlled don't, by they the don't Empire. test it. Yeah. All right, then that's interesting. So, where do you think that place is? Ooh, what if it's that cloning chamber on Navarro? Navarro, the planet in Navarro. the Mandalorian that they they destroy it in season two. Not the planet, the the factory. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, but that's still that's like an imperial facility. Well, unless maybe it was like a former Kaminoan facility. Turn, but actually, shit, I don't know where else they could take them because like Kaminoans don't do a whole lot of traveling. Yeah, they stay on Camino. So that's the thing is that like we're either about to learn a lot about the Kaminoans, or we're just going to return to Camino. You know what I'm saying? Or but maybe think, we're gonna they find like Camino with Omega. There's no way they can hide that. Can't, okay, clearly the Kaminoans have contingencies. Yeah. There's no way they don't have somewhere on that fucking water planet that's underwater or something like that that's hidden away from the Empire. Yeah, that's true. They've got. Right, there's no way there. they've given the Empire full access to everything on their planet. Yeah, they've got something somewhere that's that's working yeah. in their favor. That's probably a good assumption. Okay, uh, are there any other bounty hunters you think could be in pursuit of Omega? Like, another one that's popular around this era, uh, do you think we could see Tobias, Tobias Beckett from Solo, uh, who taught Han Solo, or kind of mentored him, played by Woody Harrelson? Uh, could oh, we see yeah. Aura Singh, who Tobias Beckett killed? Uh Another another one that ran with Cad Bane and Boba. Did the shapeshifter um from the original for, for or from the prequel trilogy? Did she die? She's dead by here. She's dead, and she died in episode two. Okay, that's why I couldn't remember if she died or not. Yeah, but yeah, I would be interested if there are if like 
it would be cool if like this War of the Bounty Hunter comic run kind of lines up with us getting introduced to a bunch of bounty hunters in the Bad Batch. That'd be really fucking cool. Uh, it'd be cool to see Bosk. We haven't seen Bosk hardly ever. Uh, it'd be really nice to see Bosk. I would love that a lot. Uh, but yeah, so my expectation right now is that, you know, Hunter gets healed up. They try their, like, they don't even have a lead right now as to who's, who hired. Kyle, yeah, I mean, outside of a, outside of a blue bounty hunter, and I mean, there's, Probably not a ton of big name blue bounty hunters, so they're probably in. They, that's probably a decent lead, but Greedo, right? Greedo. Oh, Greedo, I guess could be in the picture by here. Well, I'm just saying, like he said, blue. How many blue bounty hunters do we know? I was like, well, isn't Greedo? So there's at least one other one. <laughs> but what I was gonna say was, I've just been thinking about how low morale is gonna have to be at the beginning of this next episode. Like the be, center of the, like Omega, the like obviously like light and airy part of that team gone, taken. That's gonna suck. And then also the like cool hand, like the like steady head and like leader of the group is. He's gonna be uh, thrown. Yeah, he's practically rendered useless now for at least an episode, or at least uh, three, second. at least yeah. four, or at least like three quarters of the next episode. He'll probably do like the like gimp off the ship with a blaster and save someone at the last minute. But you know, I'm just saying and that'd be and see, I'm I'm down for whatever whatever classic Star Wars trope they want to give. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like morale. I just think it's gonna be interesting because we've never seen the Bad Batch down this bad like up until this point. No, yeah, they they truly like, are the down bad batch. Yeah, like so I think morale is going to be super low. Like think about how negative Wrecker's about to be like between Hunter and Omega, that is the one person that like checks him and kind of uplifts him or like gets him back on track. So like without both of those like influences kind of like on their shit, like I think we're going to see a Wrecker out for blood. Ooh, just Record record's ready to get Omega back at all costs, bro. No, I'm down. I just, I just like that's just the environment. I think we, we might get some Din, Din in uh, episode three of season one where he's breaking Ooh. Grogu out of the facility. We're getting Ooh. some. We might get some some of those vibes from Wrecker next episode. Like, yeah, I won't be stopped. Actually, so, just I was thinking about it. Think about Din. What are how old is Din? Could he be one of the bounty hunters? Then could not by this point. He would be a child still, just because I know his family was destroyed during the Clone Wars and he was taken. But by the, the Clone Wars lasted a real long time. Yeah, but by the point the Separatists were committing acts of terrorism, that was pretty close to the end. Yeah, I'm not saying he'd war. be like an old bounty hunter, but I'm there. There could be a chance he could be like a. He could be. He could be a very young Mando and Trin. Yeah, that's a distinct possibility. Uh, and it would be interesting, but at this point in time, in theory, Mandalore is still fine. Like there is such a small gap in which Mandalore yeah. gets destroyed that we haven't seen. It's but I it's think between Rebels, yeah, and the end of the original trilogy. Yes, but I do think that this was like. This would have been during the period of time where there were a bunch of Mandalorians that broke off of, like, where the foundlings came from. Because, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Django. Django Fett was a, was a foundling. 
Yeah. But just because he was like, see, that's the thing too, is like, are the foundlings a Mandalorian tradition that have been a part of their society for even longer than just this sect? Or is it just this sect that takes in foundlings? I mean, maybe, but we do also know that like they were, this sect was taking, like this sect took in Din at yeah. some point during the Clone Wars. So we know they're around and he would have been, he's around. That's it's just how point. old is That's he? That's a good point. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure if, uh, yeah, that's that that is a really good point. I I just yeah. wasn't sure if uh Yeah, I get what you were thinking and then I remembered, wait a minute, but they had to have taken him in, so yeah. They were they were already split off by the time they got to Din. Yeah. That makes sense. At least that's that's what we've been led to believe so far. So Yeah. Uh I'm with that. But yeah, I guess we I, I a potentially very young Din. It would almost be it would almost be even cooler if we got whoever Din's potential mentor is, whoever is kind of, you know, teaching Din, that sort of Mandalorian, that would be pretty badass to get here. Uh, however, I don't know. I think they'll try to keep that as limited to where it's at as possible. It's, it, it is an interesting concept, though. Cause, I mean, the children of the watch, I guess, could be, could be relevant if they fuck what if like they were just like fuck it omega we found you omega is now a meta oh omega's a mandalorian foundling she becomes the armor done <laughs> done omega is the is the armor that's why that's oh how she God. just absolutely just fucked up the uh the stormtroopers in the mandalorian yeah yeah that's exactly it but uh fuck guys, I don't have I don't have any more to say about this episode. It was a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh big fan. Yeah, it was fucking great. Uh but yeah. This was the Bad Batch Bitches. It's the hundred and tenth episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Miles Buttress. Thank you very much, homie. Thanks for having me, and you know. Happy to be back anytime. Anytime, would you say later this week even? Uh, I mean, like what? One, two, three, like four days from now, probably. Yeah, we got to talk some Loki's Losers where we will also be joined by KBZ, Kyler Barnett. Thank you very much, homie. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. If you would like 40 minutes of additional content on this episode, head to patreon.com slash corobloom, where now you'll be able to find over 10 hours of exclusive content, which you will not be able to find anywhere else. 10 hours. That's a lot of content you have not heard from us. I'd strongly suggest going and checking it out. We've also got uh, a Twitter. Go follow at Penny Bloom Pod. Follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. And remember to leave a five-star rate and review download the episodes that's that's how we grow share with a friend but more most importantly above all else remember peace love and bloom and always praise keanu reeves